Most of you by now know that I work at VIP Mortgage. A lot of you may not know why or how I got there. For us as LOs, we have a lot of options. And for me, VIP Mortgage was the perfect fit and the best place, in my opinion, to work. So if you have any questions about VIP Mortgage as an LO, or if you are a consumer and you're looking for a mortgage, you can reach out to me on social media, or you can reach out to anybody else that you may know at VIP Mortgage. And our website is VIPMTGINC.com. Welcome back to Real Talk with Ryan Madrid. Uh, first of all, I want to recognize my sister over here for helping us with the uh, production work and the social media. Thanks, Trish. We got Dylan over here, uh, who is the full-time, part-time guy who helps us with the uh, post-production as well. And uh, today we have my friend here uh, that I have a v friend at VIP Mortgage. Um, when we first started this podcast, one of the things we were going to do was we wanted to make sure that we we didn't focus only on the mortgage business, let alone only on VIP Mortgage. But what's happened through this transition is we found that there's been a lot of good people that we do want on here that were really kind of was away from our, our initial target audience, maybe. Um, and also, a lot of the people that work here happen to be cool cool people and good friends and and so having somebody on like eric kilstrom um who has his own podcast eric's eye on anthem is also a huge benefit because we want to have people that are also doing the same thing as we're doing so we can help promote each other's podcasts and, and help build an audience so welcome eric thanks for coming thank you thanks for having me it's about time i've been waiting for this <laughs> invite for a couple of years now oh boy oh boy I can't believe um, you had those other guys before me just saying <laughs> Well, you know what? They were on the inside loop. So. I know, I know. <laughs> I get it. So um, the interesting thing about Eric, so Eric's been here for a long time at VIP Mortgage, but he's been in the business forever. Um, I don't want to go too deep into your whole life and childhood, but he's from, he's not necessarily from here, but basically was was raised here. Went to Shadow Mountain High School. I'm going to do this for you. Thank you. Went go to Matadors. NAU. Yes. Worked at Sears while he was up and in Flagstaff. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so he was a working student. Um, and then we came back here. I think one of the things that was really cool that we wanted to talk about is that you kind of, you had your own mortgage company before you actually came here as well. Um, or you had at least with, with Matt over there at HomeSmart. So just give us a little brief, like we said, brief, about some brief. of the details, but like the, 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 the good stuff. Okay. I'll give you the two minute rundown okay. on getting in the mortgage business. 1994, I go to buy a house, walk in to see the loan officer, a guy named Keith Teagarden is my loan officer. Nine months later, he moved in right around the corner from this new build I bought at 40th Street Union Hills. And we became great friends, became his kid's godfather. He kept saying, you got to get in the mortgage business. Got to get in the mortgage business. And who's Keith Teagarden? Keith Teagarden is the owner of VIP, one of the owners. Oh, hey. Hey, one of the, <laughs> uh, yeah, look at what comes around. 20 years and we're yep. still yep. Uh, hanging out, almost 30 years now. Um, so Keith kept telling me, get in the mortgage business. I was going to climb the ladder at Bank One, start as a teller, worked my way up, branch manager. Formerly Bank One, now Chase. Yeah, Bank. was Valley National Valley when National. I started. Yeah. Uh, one of the great banks of Arizona. Yep. Keeps that saying, get in the business. Then one of my best friends from high school, Matt Widows, uh, said, hey, I'm going to start a real estate company. You should listen to Keith and get in the mortgage business. And I'm like, eh, all right, let me uh, look at my paycheck, $18,000 a year. Keith, show me your paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap, I got to get in the mortgage business. Just had it, my first kid. I was like, oh, okay, I'll try. 100% commission, really How scared. How old were you at that point? I was almost, I was 29. 29, okay. Yeah, so uh, 30 and Keith, my training, sat at his desk for two months listening to everything he did and talked, and he was running Waterfield Financial in Phoenix. And... Then I just uh, took off as a loan officer, crushed it, left, went to another company that wanted to open a branch in Anthem. I had moved into Anthem right when I started in brand new town. So you were basically right at the beginning of Anthem. You moved right in there. Right at the beginning. I was in the first phase, basically. 1,500 homes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and then so I got there, became a loan officer, and lived in Anthem, and nobody was buying, obviously, resale, all new build. Right. And I didn't know what to do, and I just followed 
you know, did what Keith told me, surprising enough, and it worked. You just become friends with real estate agents. Matt has started Home Smart. We started growing there a little bit and just started teaching uh, myself how to be the best loan officer I could be. And then I just climbed the ladder as a loan officer. And then within two years, companies were coming after you. I always tell everybody, if you become a great loan officer, you never have to apply for another job in your life. Right. Everybody wants you. So that's also the scary part of owning a mortgage company. The very scary part. And you, yeah. Because you build great people up and you teach them and like which is one of your specialties, right? So it's shocking that you actually haven't had more people leave, not because they wanted to leave you, but just because of opportunities alone. Yeah. The greatest thing you can get your people to do is if they get called by a recruiter, and I didn't teach them this, but my top guy, they call and say, If you can get Eric Kilstrom to come over, I'm coming with him. Yeah. And that, like if, <laughs> that is good. And so I get a lot of calls because right. they call all my guys and right. four or five of them use that line because yeah. it's a way to get the recruiters off of them. And they know I'm always going to make sure I'm doing what's best for our team and not just for me as a branch manager, right. loan officer person. So Matt Widows is the guy who owns owns HomeSmart, yeah. and which is an incredibly successful real estate company here in Phoenix, probably expanding outside of Arizona. Oh, they're all over the they're place. They're all over yeah. the place. Okay, so he's got like 15,000 agents, right? Some crazy Some number, crazy number yeah. like that. I don't even know. So that's your good buddy from high school. And then um, did he, was it his idea to start a HomeSmart mortgage or whatever it was, HomeSmart Financial? Uh, so or was it yours? It was both of ours. So what happened... Uh, 07, the market crashed. My income went down 90%. Right. He had home smart, maybe 700 real estate agents. So we just came up literally great Southwest the company. I was with, I left Waterfield, went to great Southwest to have my own branch, had four or five branches, 50 employees. They went bankrupt in one day, lock your doors. We're done. Right. I called Matt. I'm like, dude, can you believe this? Like the company, we kind of had like a joint venture thing going. He's like, I got a mortgage license. Let's open up home smart financial. I'm like, well, I work with too many outside HomeSmart agents. I said, I can't call it HomeSmart Mortgage. So we opened up HomeSmart Mortgage doing business as Smart Financial Mortgage. And we became a broker shop because no banks were left. Nobody was right. like, we are for only lender for 10 months was Wells Fargo, which you can't get much worse than that on the wholesale side. Um, but they were the only person that would take us brand new. Matt had tried to start mortgage three or four times before that, and it never worked because he didn't have mortgage people doing mortgages. He had realtors or you know guys that didn't know the business trying yeah. it and it never worked out so he had a license so we just took his license made it active and we did that uh the broker thing for five years and then dodd frank when that kicked in i was responsible the responsible individual and ton of paperwork and i'm like i can't do the paperwork i'm a sales guy yeah and that's when um keith and jay had vip up and going and I said, you know what? I don't trust anybody else in this business anymore because banks were imploding faster than anything you've ever seen. And I'm like, I need to talk to Keith and Jay. And I went across the whole country, interviewed everybody on the planet. And I said, you know what? I'm joining VIP. We're going to roll our whole company, bring our branches over there. And that's what we did. And we've been- How many, uh, so what was the production like? For, for, what did you guys bring over? It wasn't huge, maybe a hundred million a year. We were just sure. small. There was, when- everything went bankrupt most people ran for the hills there was no loan officers left it was i had 35 employees and three of us stuck together and came over here and though we're all three still together but everybody else was like i'm getting out of the mortgage business i can't handle this like it was a stressful period yeah. who were those other three who that are or still here two. Mm -hmm. ryan halderson president's club he did uh he did 90 million last year on his own and no team just him he just and then Lindsay Cloud, who's the number one processor here at VIP. So, um, yeah, great people stuck with me. They had faith in me. They, the day we went out of business, they both said to me, we don't know what you're doing, Eric, but whatever you're doing, we're with you. Yeah. All right, so I have a, no clue. I'm going to interrupt because we haven't started. We didn't do the rapid fires yet. So this question kind of goes along with what you were just saying. So, Well, hold on. Before we do that, what, why don't we explain what we're doing? Okay. <laughs> because... We were going to do this at the beginning because it's the first time we were going to do it at the beginning, but I think this is really good, actually, that you're throwing it in right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but typically, we do rapid-fire questions at the end, but we feel like the, the it provides such good content for us that we're going to throw them in either at the beginning, maybe in the middle. We'll figure we're it out as we it. go. Perfect. But, uh, guinea pig is yeah, my name. Yeah, Let's go. You are the guinea pig. Fire. Okay. So what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Airline pilot. Mm. You want to expand on that? So I wanted to be a fighter pilot in high school, 
and I had all the plans to do it. And then I met a girl and that changed everything. Uh, but being a pilot, you get wings, you get to be free and you go fly out and fly. And I can still get my pilot's license, obviously, but, um, I just always wanted to, I wanted to be a fighter pilot was my first passion. And I don't know if I'd ever survive one G force, but right. you know, <laughs> my, all that for sure. my aunt was a recruiter and she's like, Oh my, you'll be a great pilot. You're the perfect height. You have perfect vision. And, <laughs> and that got screwed up because yeah, met a Women. girl and yeah. Well, yeah. that's a tough. It's a tough gig. I think a lot of kids want to be that. It's just you don't realize that the maybe because of Top Gun, people think that's like the cool guys, the tough guys. It's really it's just the smartest guys. <laughs> it is the guys who can handle it. And yeah, it's the it's the geniuses that end up going to. I like, would have been in Desert Storm if I had been coming pilot. Yeah. So I figured I would be not here. Yeah, like alive probably because a lot of those got shot down. So I'm actually thankful. So it's, it's a, uh, she saved my life probably. But you can always just go get your 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 license and just fly around a little prop jet. I do that. So Matt prop is one. a pilot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back to Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, gosh. So I flew a couple <laughs> times with him and I sat and I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. If something happens, I don't know what to do. Like we flew to all over. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. You got, we got, so, we going to do one yeah, or? I think, okay. I think one. Just one? Yeah. We'll, okay. we'll uh, circle back in about 15 minutes. Okay, cool. So where were we? Uh, so <laughs> Matt Widows and in, in, in home on, or sorry, home, home smart, smart. Oh, so home smart, smart yeah. So we started that, and then the Dodd Frank changed the business again, which yeah. we thought it was going to be for the worse when they licensed loan officers, and it actually cleaned up the business and got a lot of guys out of it that should not be in it, and it was able to track. You know, so that's when a lot what? of people left the broker business too, though, right? And came into the correspondence yeah. side. Yeah, broker. Then, we thought the broker business was done. Right. Like it was. You had to get a line and you had to manage your line. And if you didn't, you know, they had all these, everybody was trying to figure out ways around it with the CFPB now creating it, making it so difficult. And just in the past year, we've kind of seen brokers come back a little bit. Yeah. Past couple of years, even I yeah. think. And, and I definitely think that the, even on their side, they probably think it's the better way. Everybody um, always thinks it's the better yeah. way. They have a saying, brokers are better. And I'm right. like, better than what? You're you better than you were five years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're a lot better than you were five years yeah. ago. I think, I think for specific clients it's probably really easy and it's a good good process and everything's good plus you know the systems are really good so there is there is an avenue for sure that works well because we have a lot of friends that are in that side that, that are very successful and they it's love all it. the loan officer it doesn't matter where yeah at. it's right. all the lo it starts at the lo and it right. ends at the lo and right yeah so with vip so you kind of run your own deal um obviously that was probably part of the deal when you came over here was that how you're going to run your own branch let alone your own basically your own company and kind of just maneuver through things a little bit different than maybe other people here that have the same title as you so to speak um to me that's one of the things i think is so great about jay and keith and just this company is that that they love to, to allow people to be an entrepreneur or love people to just kind of create their own path because they don't want to do that like you're like jay i want to do this cool Tell me, just write it down. How are you going to do it? You can do it. If you can say what you're going to do and you can do it, go do it, right? So when when we see you kind of maneuvering around here, first of all, you have the Young Guns deal that you have going on, which I think is super cool for people out there that are younger that might want to get in the mortgage business. Eric has his own program where it's basically, we used to be, used to be called Loan Offers University back like seven years ago, but you've kind of changed it and made your own deal. So talk a little bit about that. So I looked at you. Loan officer university and it never produced one loan officer. Success, yep. right. Successful or not. No. Right. So I have my own son. This idea all came from my own son, 23, graduated college. What am I going to do now? I want, I love what you do, dad. Like it looks like a blast. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's not as fun as you think. It took a lot of work right. to get here. <laughs> yeah. And being alone. And I sat at Keith's desk and fell asleep. There's schools and academies just to teach you it. But I was like, you know what? They need real world experience. And Loan officers, starting pay, zero. Right. So how do we get kids into the business that can afford to start at zero and learn the business? So we decided to create a, uh, an environment where they could get a job at VIP in different departments, different loan officer groups, different teams, wherever, get a salary, and then a couple hours a week they have to come to me to class, and we just teach them the things, the thousand different things you need to, loan, to be a loan officer. Mm -hmm. Appraisals, pricing. I mean, you can just name it. The, the thousand... So they're learning. It's going to be a six-month course. We're almost coming to the end of the first session. And the ones who have gotten licensed now are going to go to what I'm going to call 201, which is one-on-one -on -one coaching, which I've been doing for 20 years with loan officers, um, to try to get them to be the next level. And I have kids that I think 
are going to be very successful with it, and kids. Sadly we're, enough, we're, that so we're, be. we're we're talking kids. We're so we're talking. When I say kids. We're talking young adults here. Young adults, but they don't. You know, I I shouldn't put that on it because I have I've created four loan officers of the year here at VIP, and yeah. they were all. All the ones that won were older gentlemen. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't say older, but my age, your age, our age. Uh-huh. And they won, you know, you need anybody who's hungry for business, for money, success, however, whatever they measure their success by. Right. You need hungry people. Otherwise, you won't be successful on officer. So, but age is a thing. So, like, for, like, Griffin, like, you know, being as young as he is, going out and becoming an LO right now, trying to go get business from, you know, agents that are, 45, 50 and stuff that they're, they're, it's harder to get a relationship with an, with a real estate agent, let alone do the loan for a client who's 50 and he's buying right, well, a they house. Don't have, nothing's in common with them. Yeah. They, so there's no relatability. So they so, need to grow just right. like I did. You have to grow yep. up with your agents. You right. Know? So I so, think it's also good. That's, that's great, right? You got to grow up with them. A lot of them start young. And so he'll find people that are closer to his age that are trying to get in the business. Oh, he has four or five friends from high school that you start right. seeing on social media. Right. I'm a real estate agent now. Call me. I'll find you your right. house. You know, it's a tough market. You know, of course, they like to use the boomer joke on me, but I'm like, you guys, I'm not a boomer. So <laughs> yeah, right. I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. I got dad strength. Right. Well, you're still bigger and stronger. Yes. Always will be. I think this is actually a really good thing to talk about because. There really isn't anything besides, you know, Xenix is a great program, but like real hands-on, you know, getting into the mortgage business. Cause I have kids all the time asking me because our, you know, our kids are very similar in age, you know, they see what they think is like this, like lavish, glamorous, like life, but it really, it's hard. It's very hard. And it changes year to year, month to month, day to day. And to get into this business, you kind of have to, it, especially if you're younger, you have to go through the ranks and you gotta, you kind of have to go through each department uh, or else you've got to be able to latch on to somebody like yourself, like your son's going to be able to come in and be an assistant, but you have the time to kind of coach them and, 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 and work with him. A lot of people won't, you know, you have a vested interest cause it's your son. Right. Right. So he, well, he started the vested interest, but then I have, now I have nine others that, yeah. you know, and they can be, but those guys, you didn't get all those guys jobs here, right? Those guys no. were here already in other departments doing other things. I got four or five of them jobs. And then okay. the other ones were already here. And when they heard about it mm-hmm. um, through the kids talking, yeah, they said, hey, we, we're interested in this. I said, well, you got to go ask your supervisor if you can step out of work for two or three hours a week and be part of this. And So so talk to us about where, they're, where they were at and or where they still are and how that system is working then. Uh, one's a shipper. Okay. He, uh, he landed here cause his stepmom was the head of underwriting and, uh, got in the shipping. And then, you know, the, you can only sit at a desk job when you have this kind of a personality for so long and say, oh my gosh, is this, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Say, yep. shuffle paperwork. I want to do what I see that guy. I see Madrid coming through the office, high-fiving everybody and then cruising out. We never see him for, you know, two more weeks and. They don't know you're out meeting with agents, doing business, you know, finding people. We're we're alley cats. I tell everybody, you guys, you don't see us in That's the office. Good. I like that. I love that. Because <laughs> we're, we're dumpster diving. You know, the house cats are sitting at Wells Fargo getting fed yeah. and petted. And right. we're out skinny little rats sometimes. Sometimes we're fat. I remember one guy told me one time, he's like, hey, Eric, welcome to the mortgage business. Some days it's uh, top ramen. Some days it's top uh, filet mignon. Yeah. So, and it's true. You just never know. For sure. And if you're not established in your life somewhat, it's a very difficult business to get into. I mean, I tried to quit multiple times when I came here because I just couldn't hang, but it was the same thing. But I was also 38 years old when I got in the business. I was able to relate with people a little bit easier, but trying to sit in a cubicle and doing QC, I was like, I'm not doing this. I can't do it. I was physically not capable of doing it. You're, yes, mentally and physically. Yeah, I was not good at it. And, um, but I think it's, it's, it's a necessary thing that we, that we get people in the business that are younger. Because the average age is what, 55, 56 right now? There is nobody young. There's nobody young. So if you're a young guy or a girl that is capable of doing this job, you're going to kill it if you can, if you're hungry and you're going to work hard and you're going to, if you have patience. Yeah. Patience Um, is the thing. Everybody wants to, wants it overnight. Yep. What do I need to do? Make more money. Yeah. Here's what you need to do, but it's a two year deal. It's a two year commitment. So that's what you're making them do, right? <clears throat> Two years and they have to go into each department or a few departments or how's it um, work? No. So it bases on what I see as their capacity. You know, you got to be likable. If I have two of them that are licensed, they've only been with me six months and they've already brought in deals. Okay. And I'm like, these guys might be ready to go a lot sooner than the rest of the class. So 
it's got to be, I'm tailoring it to each person. Okay. After the six months, I'm going to meet with each one of them and say, okay, here's what I see your strengths. Like I look, I actually pay attention when I'm teaching in class and I'm like, he's paying attention. I can tell this kid's on their phone. I'll call him out. I'm like, this obviously isn't for you if you're on your phone and you find your phone more interesting than me currently. Right. And it's usually my son. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so I'm like, you know, I can tell who, and, and yeah. I have them all ranked. They don't know yeah. this, but I have them ranked. One, two, three, they four, do five now. in class. They will now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Nine, 10, and 11, you guys are going to come to the next Young Gun session because we're already September. We already have so many people that want back in. We're going to do another one. You guys have got to come back because I, I see yeah. no heart. Where's your heart? Like, yeah. they're just not hungry. Yeah. Like, they're like, you know what? I just, you know, I make my whatever, 16 bucks an hour. I come to work and they'll they never make it as a loan officer. Where did they come from? I mean, aside from the ones who were already working here, how did they hear how about did we get the program? Um, friends of friends, mostly. You're not um, advertising. Uh, no, at gosh, all. no. Okay. Because you'll get everybody. As soon as you start advertising, and they um, don't have to have a degree. Parents right? of other employees, like other employees, say, oh, Eric did that for his kid. Can he do that for my kid? And I'll get an email from the parent. Hey, my hair, this is my story. Mm -hmm. um, other team member, other loan officers. I'll put other people who have, you know, and then they'll go back to their team. Yeah. You know, that's the great thing about VIP is, you know, I don't want them all for myself. So I don't want them. I can't handle them. I don't want them. I'll sh right. ship them back to whoever they came from. Right. So they're not all going to be falling under Eric Kilson's no, branch. No, gosh, no. So how young is the youngest person in it? Uh, 19. Okay. Wow. Cool. I was wondering about that too because I talked to Karen about somebody that I was, that's 20, that uh, he keeps, he's all over me. And then finally I sent a message to Karen because I didn't really know how to, like where would be the first step because I kind of, I know that she used to do, she was in charge with interns and stuff. I know this is probably not going to bore, this is probably going to bore people, but <laughs> Uh, there is, but you can tell, like this kid's asked me so many times about like, how can I get a job? How can I get a job? And so I'm in that time right now trying to figure it out with Jay and Karen. I'm waiting for Jay to respond because he's just like, what, you know, I'll start as an intern. What do I need to do? But if he can start and move into an a department too, I think he's somebody that would really, really do well. But you know, then there's like a whole slew of other ones. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. 30 to 19 is their ages. No, that's and cool. they can... Yeah, no, you can see it. I can tell when I talk to somebody if they're going to make it or not. Yeah. And that's what I've been good at my whole career is finding those little, you know, they might be a piece of coal at the time, but we're gonna, we'll turn them into a yeah. diamond eventually. And Even the guys that have been working for you that have left have, have turned into big loan officers and done really oh, well. yeah, yeah. You know, the guy you brought over from New Haven. Um, Scott. Uh, Scott. Yeah. I mean, he's doing well. 30 million in 30 his first million 11 first, months. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, is he the, the big guy? Yeah. The big guy, yeah. Or whatever? Yes. yeah. 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 Scott. He's, yeah, he's done phenomenal, but he is, he's hungry. Yeah. He's and a when worker. You, when you know you have a family to feed yeah. and failure is not an option, you go after it. It's amazing what pain and failure yeah. does to a person. I hate to even say that he made, 30, that he did 30 million because that's so not normal. No, that's not even close. I think if I did they, like 7 million. If we can get five to ten in their first year, yeah, that's a rock star. Yeah, right. Like that is like he's he set up his whole family and yeah. gotten some deals. He <laughs> pulls every rock in the desert yeah. in every other state. He's licensed in like nine states, and wow. he's a go. If we could have, you know, ten of him, yeah, you guys would be murdering it. Oh, yeah, I'm done. That's awesome. So yeah, and so you run the Scottsdale branch, well, not Scottsdale branch, North Scottsdale branch. Yeah. Um, it used to, technically used to be called Rain Tree or no? Well, we were because we were on Rain Tree, right. and then we moved to Jay talked me into closing that and moving right. down to corporate because we were at the time we didn't have this building uh -huh. four miles down the road at Via Daventura in the 101, and then we moved here, and he's like, "You guys need to come down here. And yeah. Let's make it a party." It made sense, yeah. It did make sense, and yeah. it's a great place. I mean, who doesn't want to be here? We have the gym, the massage room, the monster kitchen. kitchen. It's, yeah. I love it. No, this is a great building. It just it just might be one of those things. Might, plus, we have the podcast room here now, uh, yeah. which is awesome. Well, this is the newest addition to this. There we go. Right. Rather. So one of the things I want to talk about, though, was your branch and kind of how you maneuver. Um, you are kind of like a teacher, an educator. You're, you Even though you are technically a producer, because you did quite a bit yourself last year, basically on accident, but... Right. I mean, yes. you're not because you're technically you are. I didn't try. You are. Yeah, you didn't try. And you did plenty of business. Um, But you do take care of your your people like they're your children or your employees, but they're like family to you. So you had Kilstrom's Corner. Do you still do that? Yes. OK. Yeah. So yeah. Kilstrom's Corner was what? We got everything. It's a camp. I call it uh, Camp Kilstrom. Oh, Camp Kilstrom. So it actually started that actually started the original Young Guns. It was for I had four new kids and. 
And then all the other loan officers said, well, we want to be part of that. We want to come in because they saw us meeting every Wednesday at 11. And and so now it's turned into basically a team meeting and yeah. our ops people are in there and everybody's in there. They just want to hear what we're saying as a team and everybody wants to belong and be part of something. And mm-hmm. it's just another way to keep them connected. So it's it's been great, like everything. But I do run my branch more about the team members and not so much about me. Right. And that's worked for me. Some right. people that does not work for everybody runs. That's a great thing about VIP. We all run it differently right. and we're all successful in our own ways. Yeah. You're kind of like a, you're kind of like a ghost. I mean, for, for maybe to the people that are <clears throat> to the outside real estate world that wasn't already working with you or knew you from before. Like you're not like your name's not out there. It's not Eric's team, Eric Kilstrom's branch. It's not, you know, the group. It's it's your you're the branch manager, but your employees or your loan officers are pretty much they're the face of the branch. Yeah, their success is my success. Right. So if they but do that's great, not the way most people run. Their no, business. most people yeah. me me about me. Yeah. And this is how we're gonna do it, no matter what. And this is the way I want to do it. And so, what do you think is the most difficult part about running your branch? Then, like, what's like what's the hard part? Is it the P and L? Uh, well, getting, everybody wants to give everybody a great deal and pricing is a big thing. So the P and L all comes down to pricing. Right. We want to give great rates, but we don't want to give the bank away and the loan officers have the flexibility to, you know, help their clients. And, yeah. and so it's teaching price properly. You're still giving a great value. Giving us. The hardest part of a branch is keeping everybody happy. Uh, and you can't keep everybody happy, right. but you basically, if I always, I'm a firm believer, if you tell them this is, you know, how we kind of run our branch and if you don't fit in, then that's okay. Yeah. Go somewhere else. Hey, but, can I, um, sorry, can I interrupt again? Of yep. course. Um, we're at like almost 33 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'd love to dive into some of the non-mortgagey stuff, like the nonprofit. And maybe yeah, we're going to dive we're, stuff. We're doing this okay. an hour though, right? Yeah. 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 So, so sorry for the interruption. Can I ask a rapid okay. fire yep. while I'm at it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Bring it. When was the last time you laughed very hard out loud? Out loud. Oh my gosh. Um, I laugh a lot, so it's hard to pick a moment. Pebble. Um. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, How was we that to, trip? Oh, fantastic. What did we laugh? There was something. We, uh, there was a lot. lot. <laughs> there was a lot of times. It has to. It was only. A couple weeks ago, I laugh at my kids. I have a, my son Griffin is, is a walking comedian. And so I laugh at him all the time. And, but I think Pebble, we, <laughs> yeah, there was a couple times we had a stranger walk in our hotel room and then they just started throwing money at like betting. And this guy's like, I got endless money. And I couldn't believe just some dude walked in off the street at Pebble. Like that's the kind of people you see at Pebble, I guess. And I'm not used to that. Remember and, he was a doctor and an attorney uh, and, uh, and a movie star. Oh. I mean, the guy could, but he, all we know is he had a lot of money. He had a didn't wallet. Matter what he did. He, he wanted to bet. Lot. They kept playing this game where you drop hundred dollar bills and depending on how it lands is who won who, or not. Yeah. What? That's it. There's no skill. That's a it's thing? just $100 bills. Just drop that them. That had me laughing. Well, off, like a, <laughs> off a second story or just like. No. no standing, standing there. Standing, standing there. Two people drop, drop their $100 bills or three people. Wow. And then just. that's It's called rich people yeah. gambling. Yeah. I did not we were participate. Not we were watching <laughs> laughing. Yeah. Uh, we were drinking s- our $33 drinks. <laughs> yeah. Which was the cheap drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was nuts. So um, I, I know Church wants us to transition a little bit, but I do. Uh, I think that most of the people that are watching this are going to be some real estate people and mortgage people. Right. So I just think one more question regarding this real quick, because I think it's important okay. for all the people out there that, that are in the mortgage business when it comes to pricing and realtors, by the way. Um, so when it comes to pricing, like when you said they have flexibility, right? Well, they have flexibility if they want to lose their business, right? So if you want to go below the floor where you're supposed to be at, it just hurts the PL, which is what you pay for, is what you get, or use your PL to measure like your your revenue, right? Yeah. So if someone prices below the floor, it means they're pricing out of where they should be, which is causing a red to your balance sheet. Yes. So no, we can't just price wherever we want to. So when you when we say this is the best price we can get, it is the best price. If we have to make an exception, then sometimes then nobody we, gets paid. Then nobody because Dodd Frank made a rule that loan right. officers get paid the same no right. matter what. So I'll have loan officers often want to do a loan, but like, I want to get paid. Well, you can't get paid and give this great rate. It just doesn't add up. Right. And we'd be out of business if we did that. So yes, we can give them that rate, but no one gets paid. Or you give them this rate. So sometimes it'll be. 
I do math a lot. It'll cost me 17 grand to close a loan so they can make their commission check of 10 grand. That doesn't add up. Right. So you have to say no. Like it doesn't doesn't work no matter what you do. Right. So, so so you can't just pick and choose, you know, Dodd-Frank right. said loan officer gets paid the same no matter what. And you have to pick your your comp plan based. So your pricing is yeah. based upon the comp plan. So with that being said, so it, there's a lot of people that want their own branch. People want to, oh, I've, I've done really well now. Now I have my own team. Now I want to do my own branch. It's not that easy. It's very difficult. A lot of people fail at, at running a PNL because you have a lot of things you need to pay for that people don't understand. They don't realize. So it's like people that can actually do it as one person is really great. Like, like Tempe, obviously they have Kirk who runs as a CFO, which helps them tremendously. But I mean, it's not easy to run that. So, anyways, that's all I wanted to say. You don't need to touch on it too much. So, all right, let's let's expand ah. on to um uh air or something like that. Your uh your foundation. Uh huh. Um, so first time, I mean, obviously I've known you've had it forever and we saw one of the people that you had raised money for at the, uh, at your last, at the golf tournament this year. And the guy came up and talked, it's a very moving story. Uh, it's the first time I didn't even know like how this whole thing came about. I kind of just thought you were up in Anthem doing, you know, you created this for 501c3 just to kind of help people out. I didn't realize the whole story. So. It's pretty incredible. That story that night, I think everybody was basically I cried. crying. Totally cried. Um, and and so let's just talk a little bit how it started. And then I want to talk about a couple stories. So 1998, Griffin, son, same son we've been talking about the whole time. I get a call. I'm away. I'm not in the mortgage business yet in Florida. Hey, your son's not going to make it through the night. You need to get home. I'm like, what are you talking? Like Griffin had like some illnesses, but I don't know what you're talking about. So I got on a plane, came home and... He was lethargic. He was at Phoenix Children's Hospital, wouldn't move. And so I got on my hands and knees and prayed to God. And I said, save my boy and I'll do whatever I can to help people. Next morning, the kid walks up, wakes up, running the, run the halls, perfect. I'm like, what just happened here? Like, my prayers worked. Right. Two years goes by. We moved to Anthem. I'm a loan officer. I started a business networking group up there. And my wife at the time gets invited to a Bunko tournament. And the little boy has cancer. And she comes home and says, that boy... uh, it was so sad. She goes, remember that promise you made? It's time to to act up on it. And I'm like, what promise? She's like, remember when Griffin was sick? And so I was like, okay. So I had no clue what I was doing, put a golf tournament together. Made, got the whole town together. 27 grand we made on a golf tournament we put together in two months. No clue what we were doing. Did a big check presentation at the park. 27,000, here you go, to the Thompson family. And then two weeks later, the mom takes off. And the money's gone. And I'm like, holy crap, what did we just do? We just ruined a family. Right. And so I said, well, that didn't work out, God. Like, what do I do now? And and then someone said, Eric, you got to keep doing this. This has got to be a yearly thing. And then another girl in Anthem got sick, leukemia. And my wife again said, you got to do something. And I'm like, well, I can't do another golf tournament. That was just like two months ago. So we did a head shaving contest where I got 10 business owners. We all had to shave our heads if we didn't raise this certain amount of money with the grand opening of a salon up there. Again, it makes $30,000. This time, great parents. Everything was successful. And it just kept happening. And then I was like, we got to put a 501c3 together. I can't keep doing this. Like running the money through my personal account. I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, So we created a 501c3. I got a uh, CPA on the board, an attorney on the board to make sure we didn't go in jail or did everything. Decided we're all, all we're doing is paying medical bills. And then we had our first child die on us. We're like, well, we got to change the, to, you know, sudden loss of a child to put that in there. And so we pay, started paying for funerals. And unfortunately, we paid for quite a few up there. And so it's been my hobby. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough hobby, obviously. So we help families with life, kids with life-threatening illness or sudden loss of a child. So I would be getting involved with the families and then that just got too much, too painful. So I've kind of backed off and I just do an event and I find someone or somewhere to give money. I met the gentleman, you guys met Shane Doherty. He lost his son to DPIG, which is a brain stem cancer in children. I think his son was five or six, Hollis. Uh, I met him because we helped a family in Anthem whose son had the same thing and he was in Central Phoenix um, and he does a golf tournament. And so it just, it kind of snowballs and, it's a very difficult hobby to do, especially anybody dealing with children, but the pain of having your child sick is no great. We all know if you have children how hard it, hard yeah. it is. Like it's, you'd rather be in their position. Well, Take my absolutely. life, not theirs. So. 
Now, what's the name of the organization? We Care Anthem. So it wasn't Anthem-based. Uh, I've been using it. Anybody who wants to do good now, there's like 10 other charities under it now. And I tell anybody, as long as you want to do good and nobody's getting paid as a salary from this, I'm all in. I will do whatever I can to help you. If you want to get paid, this we're not the place for you. Right. So I want so someone can start their own charity under your 501c3? Yes. But okay. they have to use my bookkeeper, my bank, my CPA. Gotcha. And they get watched like a hawk because- I'm not going to jail for helping people. Right. And you can easily do that because you know what greed and money does to people. So the people, the the family that you had at the, at enchiladas that night, like you, you guys paid all their bills, right? I mean, wasn't the number like a 70 grand or something crazy like that? Yeah, well, we made a lot of money through his friends and family. Yeah. Um, not all their, we help with everything we can, but yes, we covered a lot of expenses involved. Um, yeah, our little charity, we've raised and given away like $3 million since I've had it, which is a pretty big number. Um, but we didn't pay for everything. Like, they get people to give them money right, inside. Right, right, And there's story after story. I don't know how many families we've helped, but, you know, some sometimes it gets a little weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you were uh, um, up in Anthem up until pretty recently. So you were up there for almost 20 years? or I lived there, and then when my sons graduated, it yeah. was... Um, probably a little closer to work, but I still super involved. We still have our offices there. I yeah. still go up there to work out at Ironwood CrossFit. Um, so I'm still heavily involved in the community. So you started the Chamber of Commerce there. You yeah. were like, you were just like, you were like the mayor, but without being the mayor. <laughs> yes. Well, I always said I never want to get into politics, but I yeah. do want to know all the politicians. Right. Um, so yeah. Even I, the, didn't you do color for the football team too? I did Boulder Creek football. Yeah. yeah. Go Jags. I was their announcer <laughs> for 15 years at the stadium. I know you hear this voice and yeah. everybody's like, it's, how are you announcer? It's a trained, it's a trained I can voice change it to make it sound like a yeah. stadium announcer. So yeah, there you go. Um, so, so you have a branch in Anthem. I forgot all about that. So you have somebody up there working out of there or what? Yeah. yeah. Actually, Scott's up there now. The, oh, is our, he? Our great digger. Okay. Yeah, he's, that's how I met him. He actually stalked me on the internet. Oh, really? On LinkedIn. He kept messaging me. And I'm like, dude, like you got, I'm not your guy. Like he wanted to get in at VIP for, to wholesale us some stuff. Yeah. And then he did though. Didn't he get in here for a little he bit? He did. Yeah. He did get in here as a wholesale <laughs> and rep. Then the, the market. And, uh. And COVID yeah, happened. I got an email one day. I said, Hey, I'm in your office. Can I come meet you? And I'm like, Oh no, my LinkedIn stalker is in the office. And then we had lunch that day and we became best friends. Like love hanging out. He's a great guy. So anyway, he's up there. Yeah. Um, and he's hustling. I still run the real estate agent tour up there that we haven't had many of those because of how fast homes are moving. But right. yeah, I'm still heavily involved. I'm not just cause I sleep somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. No, doesn't I mean it. I'm not part of the community. Absolutely. Um, so Griffin and Grayson, Right, yes. so Griffin's here, and Grayson's at ASU. Grayson's ASU, second year, wants to be a lawyer. Yeah, he's got the brain for it. Does he? One of those smart kids has no desire to get in the mortgage business. Yeah. So, so what is it, pre-law? Is that how it works? Or he's yeah, you get your under major? stuff done, and then you start applying. You know, he's in the honors college. He got the whole scholarship, all that. So once you graduate, then you start applying for law school. And nice. Then I think he just wants to do ASU law. He's very opposite of me and opposite of his brother you know very quiet very smart photo brilliant kid <laughs> just the opposite just of smart. you brother, <laughs> Did I say that? opposite of smart would be Grayson. sorry Grayson. yeah no he is very smart like grayson's Gr got the personality mm, griffin's got the personality grayson's got the brains oh that's what i meant yes opposite yeah, yeah griffin's yeah. one here um yeah so one other thing i want to talk to you about so from a um getting back to the burgers business sorry um from a marketing standpoint um, what do you feel is, cause this is where I think lately there's been a lot of new BDs, business development people's hired here. There's been, you know, everybody thinks there's some secret sauce. Um, I know you have your own marketing team in, in your branch. Obviously you used our, our companies as well, but you kind of do your thing, you do your own thing. So if you were going to give these kids advice or you are giving the young guns advice, like what is it that you think is the most important part about getting started in this business or just continually growing your business? Well, it's relationship. So yeah. I tell them there's three things. First, they got to know who you are. Then they got to like you. Then they got to trust you. Yep. And it might take five minutes to get through those things and it might take a lifetime. You might never get there, but obviously you can't, you know, if they don't know who you are, they can't use you. If they don't like you, it <laughs> doesn't matter how good you are. If they don't like you and then trust is the biggest thing because they have to trust you with their biggest asset, which is their clients. Um, so just relationship 
knowing uh, they can trust you, you're reliable, answer your phone, take care of their customer. You know, they don't ever want to question, you know, you don't ever want a client or anybody wondering, did I get the best deal? Did I get the best loan yeah. officer? You know, not communicating. There's so many things. Yeah. You never know what's going to make anybody mad in this world. Like you could set them off and you just have to make sure, you know, like if you post something political on, on any of these sites, you just lost 50% of your audience, no matter which side you're on. Mm -hmm. So it's like, don't post anything political ever. Don't, right. don't give your opinions. No one really cares about your opinion, really, especially right. when you're a young gun. And if um, they do, then they're bored. Yeah. So have you talked to your, have you talked to, have you brought this up though yet? Or is this like two, two Oh one? Oh no, 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 this is day one. Okay. This is, if you guys can't handle this, like this is how your life's going to be. You're going to wake up every morning with a pain in your stomach and you're going to be like, what is that pain? Oh, I'm so unemployed. Straight. I need to go yeah, get a right. job today. That means I got to go find some or, loans and how right. am I going to find loans? And yeah. yeah, you wake up every morning unemployed in this business because again, starting pay is zero. And if you're not getting loans, you're not getting paid. What did uh, Griffin think you did before he, he actually started working here? He thought I just had a lot of fun okay. golfing. He thought I golfed too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, the perspective of people, all these people, the, they think it's just a little bit different than it really is. But yeah, they think it's a lot of bit kid. different. But like movies, you know, The Big Short, you have those two guys that yeah. that's was everybody thinks that was us. Right. No, I never drove a Lamborghini. Could I prob probably if I wanted to? But you could, lead, you could rent one. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> you know, the, the clutch on that thing's thirty five thousand yeah. um, dollars. So it's just giving. You know, even your public persona is. You know, people don't need to know. They say keep three things. You know, set quiet your your money, your sex life, and your next move. Right. You know, and that's what I try to do. Obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but these kids, I have to teach them. I'm like, hey, take that Twitter account down. Like, you put so much crap up there. I got people watching the kids. Like, I don't really care to babysit it myself, but I'm like, hey, check out his right. stuff. Even my own kid is like, right. get that garbage off there. <laughs> like, you're going to lose a client or no one's going to trust you right. because of stuff you post. Right. So, so well, this of, is a 50 year old man, by the way. Talking, yeah. So, so out, but, but, you, but you do have true. social media presence. I mean, it's not I have highly some, yes. personal. Out of, out of all the platforms, what's your favorite? <laughs> MySpace. <No. laughs> I like. That's a Stuart Crawford I like, answer. I know. I like Facebook. I do it. And, and the funny thing is, is the kids make fun of me for it, but they're all on it, and I see them all friending me a lot more often on it. And I don't like Facebook because of any of the political stuff and your screen. But I don't put anything political, so I never get screened. And I don't use it a lot, but I use it high communication with other people that you don't talk to. I mean, all our high school right. friends we've reconnected with because of Facebook. I created a... Do you think you get any business from any of your social media? Oh, gosh, yes. You do? Okay. People yeah. who didn't know I was in the mortgage business, you know, all of a sudden see me posting. I always try to do three or four personal posts and then maybe one about business. But I don't post that much, so they don't get my stuff. Do crazy. you do your own posting? <laughs> personal stuff, yes. Business-wise, no. Yeah. We have departments. Well, I don't either. I'm just saying I do the same thing. Like, yeah. I do the personal stuff. She does the business stuff. I feel Sometimes like... Sometimes the personal stuff. I feel almost narcissist posting about myself all the time. Yeah, so does he. I think that's why it's really great to have somebody other than yourself yeah. to do your business stuff because it's uncomfortable to be self-promoting, or at least it, it is for, for Ryan. He's yeah, not, and it is for me yeah. the same way. It's like, you know... But you know what's uh, weird about that, though, for me, is I used to not be that way. But I think it is weird. I've got like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, but I've changed this so much since I've been in this business that yeah. I also think I just have to wear a suit every day and dress up every day and be fancy every day. I don't really feel that way either. But I think, you know, four or five years ago, I just really got like super like not comfortable with with uh, showing myself going and doing something like fancy. Like you I cringe at that stuff. You yeah. developed humility. I think, you know. Well, because then people have this portrait of you. If you're always out doing stuff. You're going to go to the good parties. They don't have time for me. They don't want to talk to me. They just want to hang out with the beautiful people. And the funny thing is you realize the more people post how happy they are on Instagram and all that kind of stuff, I realize they're the actual unhappy ones. They're trying to make themselves seem happier, give the persona that they're so happy. 
Well, they crave and, they crave the desire. It's like the, the dopamine, or yeah. you know, is it? It's certain? a drug. Mm-hmm. How many likes did I get? That's and that's Ooh. and that's. Well, it's a legit. I mean, it's an actual. I catch scientific. myself when I post. Oh, sometimes yeah. I'll be like, "How many likes? I only got yeah. seventy two likes. I'm never posting again. Or I'm going to take that down. Yeah, I don't want anybody like, to see that I only had seventy two likes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I almost want to create oh. like the kids have secret Snapchat accounts where yeah. they have just their inner circle. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what we should they're do. Fin- just our inner circle. Fins does yeah. on Instagram, yeah. Yeah, fins to, fins does. Is that what fake it, I don't Yeah. And the yeah. fake Snapchats. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, they are like, you're not on my fake Snapchat. I'm like, <laughs> or my uh, secret. They call it their secret Snapchat. I'm like, I don't think I want to be on your <laughs> If you have a secret, secret one, one, there's a reason why you have a secret one. We yeah. sound so old right now. I know. Well, we are, we, by the way. That's yeah. True. So. That's true. Um, any other questions you have, Trish? Or you want to throw a couple more of these um I actually, I kind of like slid that um, favorite platform question in there. Um, uh, We asked this last time and I really liked it. Uh, What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Feed the dogs and go to the gym. Those are the, yeah. Do you go to the CrossFit every time or do no, you go to the regular gym? So, so I started going to, well, during COVID, I came to our yeah, office every here. day. Yeah. Uh, no mask required. I had the gym actually for the young guns worked out with me every day because um, they needed to hit the gym too. But I joined uh, Mountainside at Desert Ridge. So I do CrossFit a couple of days and, but I have to go to the gym every morning, even if it's just to get on a treadmill or I got to get my blood flowing. What, I, what age was that, that that started like for you? Have you always serious? been that way? Yeah. No, gosh, I, no. Cause I feel like you weren't, even when I was here, you weren't like that. I guy. was 43 when I became a addict. Yeah. You know, and it's a good addiction. Sometimes there's good addictions and I feel yeah. that's a great one because, yeah. You know, I'm trying to stay in shape as we get older. We know what happens to our bodies. So it's a struggle because I love food. And yeah. that's really why I work out so I can eat. It used to be whatever I want, but that's changing quickly. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I, I had my first like hip injury recently. And I'm like, I cannot believe this. Like I'm 47 years old and I'm like, my hip is messed up. And I'm Takes like, oh my God, recovery. now I'm going to have to like, <laughs> all I can think of in my mind is I'm going to be that guy that's got to have like a hip replacement, even though I'm not going to, but like, I'm going, this is ridiculous. You know, I'm this old and this is what's happening playing soccer. I did play basketball with the kids, <laughs> high, the pinnacle high school kids at mountainside last week. And I, I'll tell you what, I hung, I was impressed with myself. Nice. I hung with them. Was, was it the freshman I, team? No. Okay. Sure. And, but I was in some serious, <laughs> the next morning I, everything hurt. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So bad. Oh yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, just just to kind of wrap things up, thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, thank you to VIP Mortgage, obviously, for letting us have this beautiful room and keep making it nicer and nicer. Go check out Eric's um, Ion Anthem podcast, right? Eric's Ion yeah, Anthem. Ion Anthem. And um, thank you to Trisha, obviously, over here that's uh, been chiming in. Um, and then Dylan, thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. Um, so. I think Eric's going to feel the same way. We need to get people to like and subscribe on YouTube for us, please. Real Talk with Ryan Madrid. Um, Obviously, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. But we are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. It's just podcasts. What's it? Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And Google Podcasts. So everywhere. We're trying to get everywhere because we need need a way to uh, get viewers. Like we talked a little bit about the analytics. Um, you know, we want to be able to do this more. We want to be able to have money coming in through sponsorships potentially as well, eventually. right? Eventually. So we can really do this and we can have great guests on. We've had a lot of really good guests on, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people that want to come on. And um, but we can't do it unless we have money to do so. Because this is not cheap. Um, so, anyways, thanks again. Appreciate it. Go check out Eric's Eye on Anthem. Um, do we have anything else you guys need to run by? No. I just wanted to pipe in and say one one thing um i was here a lot in the very beginning eric and you were like one of the only people in the building you and austin (laughs) basically and you were the friendliest guy i think i saw you met you like my second day and from then on out you were always stopping and saying hello and you'd you'd poke your head in and wave and so thank you for that you're welcome i'm not scared to say hi to anybody yeah. Nope, you have not. to. Like when you work together, and see, you know you're going to see the people, even if you don't see them again. It's I remember so much better. I think I ran you into you as you were coming out of the gym, and somehow we started talking about Metro Center, and I think that's when we bonded. Oh, that was probably the cruising. night I was cruising. Then we talked about I went cruising. to the last two cruises of Metro Center. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was that was that was going away right when I was in high school. 
Oh, had, such a some, big part of my high school. I had some really fun ones, like my freshman year. That's about it. And then the cops just shut that down. Oh, I'd yeah. go back and forth. Central Metro, Central yeah, Metro. Yeah, Central oh. as well. Yeah. I was a bad, bad boy. These are the things that Dylan's going to cut out. <laughs> <laughs> so this makes us relatable and yeah. also dates us. It yeah. does. People smile at this stuff. Like, oh. I guess where I get my biggest comments on my podcast is when you say Metro Center, completely off the wall. You say Valley West Mall. Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot about Valley that place. Small, where you get shot. <laughs> yeah. Valley, we're small. Yeah. We used to go there uh, a lot because Center. they were dollar movies and our dad was very cheap. Yeah. So it was rare that we got to go to Metro Center because that was fancy. So we went to Valley West to do the 99 cent movies as a child. We had yeah. Shea Cinemas. I went to PV Mall. Ooh. Well, that was where the rich kids went. Yeah. I was not rich. My dad worked three jobs. <laughs> Here's a funny story just to tell you guys and it doesn't even be on air, but- Keith and I were talking one time and I said, my dad never came to my soccer games. And he's like, my dad never did either. He goes, but I think our dads had did different things. And I'm like, really? And he said, I'm like, you're right. My dad was working three jobs to keep us in school and fed and all that. What was Jack's excuse? Golf. <laughs> it's like my dad was golfing. Your dad was... And that completely changed my whole persona of my father. Right. I'm like, my dad was busting his ass to keep yeah. us in I was as a kid worried about him miss, not coming to my soccer. My mom was at every soccer game, but my dad barely came. But he worked at Mervin's, the gas like this gas station. Like it changed my whole perspective of my dad. So Keith changed Keith has changed my life a lot. If you couldn't tell, but well, he's still your mentor, coach. Yeah, so I go to him so. for every like if I don't think I can handle something. Yeah. Keith, how am I going to handle this? But he also calls me like when you're not the person in the situation, it's so much easier to see clearly. Yeah. Instead of letting emotions, he's really drive good you. at that. Oh, he's the best. He's he comes up with these the analogies. How did you come up with that analogy? Like a chainsaw. Yeah. Like he brought a chainsaw <laughs> into the analogy the other day, and I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah, they're, they're, he's the best. Yeah, Jade Jade has the, all the analogies as well, but they're they don't sometimes sometimes neither one of them make sense with their analogies, but sometimes they're really good. Yeah. But the funny <laughs> is they laugh when it doesn't make yeah, sense. I know. It makes it even better. I know it's better when it doesn't. So, all right, so that's a wrap. Thanks everybody. Real Talk is brought to you by escrow, the letter S, grow. Disorganization and constant communication are huge problems in the real estate journey. And it's an issue that I think most real estate agents, well, at least some real estate agents, uh, struggle with in their CRM systems. There's a lot of options out there and a lot of people have different ones. And when I'm speaking with the agents that are that we work with or that are our referral partners, the big hurdle is the actual creation of the templates and actually creating the, the automation that goes out for milestones. So escrow kind of takes all that away. So everything's pre-written for you. You have multiple choices to, to go from, um, to choose from, I'm sorry. So if you're looking for a CRN system that is super easy to use and will eliminate a lot of the confusion and the heavy lifting up front, go to escrow.com, S, the letter S, grow.com. Thank you.